This week on the Product Agility Podcast, we find ourselves in Lisbon, Portugal at the Productize 2023 conference, where attendees will get to hear talks from Melissa Perry, Tammy Reese, Leah Theron and Radhika Dutt, to name but four of the amazing speakers. We are here to do our talks in 10, and they're the best way for you to get the inside track and behind-the-scenes insights on the talks and workshops from the conferences that we partner with, so you don't miss a beat. If you're at the conference, come and find us. We're hard to miss with our podcast t-shirts. If you're not, then just enjoy these talks in 10. And who knows, maybe we'll see you at Productize 24. Today's episode of the Product Agility Podcast comes with a special gift in association with Aha Slides, your go-to engagement tool for fun, engaging and effective learning and workshop experiences. Whether I am teaching the criticality of a clear and compelling product vision or facilitating a product strategy workshop, Aha Slides always makes it a more elevating and effective experience through its polls, quizzes and brainstorming tools. Discover how Aha Slides can elevate both your in-person or remote experiences by visiting Aha Slides and use the code AHAXPROD, which is also in the show notes, for a whopping 50% off of an annual subscription. Productize 23 Talks in 10. We're back again. It has been a hell of a day and I'm over the moon to say we have Chiesa Maguti. Chiesa. Chiesa. Yes, Maguti. Chiesa. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how I, I practice and I say it twice yeah. and then give, my, give me five seconds, it's gone. So I apologize. No, it's you, fine. It's fine. I think most people need a couple of goes, so yeah, it's okay. You can call me whatever you like as a consequence. And your talk is, we, we were speaking about words before we started and the word assiduous, amazing word. And, and one of my favorite words, and one which I, I think I'm overusing now, equitable. Because your talk was equitable product teams must be our North Star. And this is, even the title speaks deeply to me. For our listeners, could you give us an overview of what it is that you covered in your talk? Yes, I would love to. So what I was covering in my talk is that as product people, we love talking about what are we measuring, right? So we're always talking about things like revenue, customer acquisition costs, customer lifetime value and things like that. And something I don't think that we focus on so much is the people who are actually driving all of those things. So the teams that we have are people feeling like they can speak up, like they can openly share their ideas and does do the teams that we are in actually reflect the society that's around us? So at the beginning of the talk, I asked eight questions just around like sort of social things to just see if people were working in teams that represented the societies around them. Because if we're not representing the societies around us, then I do think that we are compromised in terms of how we are solving and actually understanding people's problems that we want to solve from whether it's digital products or digital mm. services. Just for the moment, giving some examples of that, because I think that's phenomenally interesting. So some examples of? Are, are teams representative of society around us? So yes. Like, like, how does that, if it is, how does it manifest? Maybe an example or something, because I just find it really interesting. This is me being selfish yeah. now. <laughs> Of course. So what I mean is that I do think that in tech, we are in a, in definitely in a bubble. And we already know about gender, like maybe we're not really represented from a gender perspective. But I wanted to go a little bit deeper. So there's sort of other characteristics from a social perspective that we would look at and measure and say who is actually in our society. Because what I think you tend to find is that, for example, people who like emigrate to countries, because we are living in a country, where, in a world where we have so much movement of people and just really trying to understand that we do have pockets of people and 
I don't really think our workplaces are representing really all of the people that are around us. And we're over-indexing on very specific groups. If I think about, for example, I work in Germany now, I work in Berlin, and I have not worked with someone who is, let's say, a first-generation German. So I haven't worked. And that is, if I go out into the world, there are many people who are first-generation but I've not worked with them and I've lived there for about six years. So this is what I was talking about is we see all of these people around us, but are we actually working with them or are we really interacting with them in very specific situations and times in our life? Yeah, that was the premise of the talk. Awesome. And I'm not going to, I'm so, we haven't got much time and I would just have to dig into like little things, but let's keep it focused on the idea of the the talking 10 format and rather than just me being really interested in particular topics. When you were, how was this talk born? What led you to want to stand on stage and deliver this to people? So from a very young age, I see the adults around me specifically, I'd say like my grandparents, my grandmothers specifically, because I didn't know my grandfathers, unfortunately, and my parents, they were very good at really meeting people where they were. So really understanding the individual, understanding what does that person need to thrive? So not having this one size fits all for everybody. So this thing about one thing I brought up in my talk is I think equity and equality get conflated quite a lot and they're totally different things. So equality is saying we're just blanket going to give everybody the same thing without really thinking about, is this what Chiedza really needs to thrive? And actually maybe she has enough of X or maybe she needs a bit more of Y. So this is what equity is about, is really understanding the individual and seeing how you can make some adjustments and changes to make sure that individual can thrive. So looking at, we know that there are imbalances in our society. We can try to deny them, but we know that they're there. (laughs) And we need to make the changes to make sure that we can try to see a way that we can try to make things just a little bit more balanced and just make those adjustments. It's not about putting at others at a disadvantage because I know sometimes when people hear this, they think, oh, so now you're disadvantaging others. It's not. It's just about looking at where we're in balance and how we can make that better. Because once we do that, if you can solve the problem for the people who are really struggling, you actually in the end are solving for everybody. Mm-hmm. So then... Why must equitable product teams be the North Star? If we have equitable product teams, I swear we will be solving the real problems that society has because we will have a much better understanding of the problems on the ground instead of sitting in our bubbles and coming up with all these hypotheses. But if we have teams that are representative of the society around us, then we'll have all these amazing insights. We will be able to understand customers in different ways because we're not going to be interpreting all in the same way because we're not going to have these clusters of people who are exactly the same. And I think that diversity of thoughts got to be the sort of cornerstone. And you can re- only really have the diversity of thought if you have teams that are reflective of society and teams where it is just the way you work that you allow people to express themselves and speak and say what they think and obviously also to dissent, right? Mm. This should also be part of it. But we need to be creating these environments where people feel safe that they can speak up. I love the fact you mentioned dissent. Yeah. Because it's one of my favourite words. Again, words. It's one of my favourite words. And I think it's one of those things that actually 
people shy away from and we don't want to face into it. But without dissent, you don't get clarity. Yes. And without dissent, you don't get equality or any equitable kind of conversation because people need to be able to disagree. Yes. And they need to be able to vocalise their disagreement. And what I find uh, interesting, and I'm, I'm borrowing this from something that a gentleman called Craig Larman taught me many years ago, which is when you're in an organisation working in a, in a team and you're trying to see what's happening within that system is to think, hey, what's the balance between public dissent and private dissent? Because people may be very keen or very eager to dissent privately, but never feel that they can share that publicly. Mm-hmm. And yes. it, 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 I, I, it's a fascinating thing. Yes. And I've not got much more to say about it. No, I just love yeah. the fact that you brought it up. Yeah, I think this is something, this is a muscle that I think we're struggling with at the moment in society is dissent opens the door for conversation, right? Where we can engage and understand where that comes from. But I think we're so surrounded by all this confirmation bias and we're all comfortable, right? When you move out of your comfort zone, it is scary, but then eventually you learn something new and then you grow. And it doesn't mean that we all have to become best friends, but at least if we can just take that step to try to understand each other and allow for that space to disagree, obviously in a very respectful and healthy way with empathy. I'm not calling for like disorderly dissent I think it should always be done with respect and always lead with kindness mm. yeah. it's interesting even respect is something which differs the individual and I mean we're all we're all very different in regards to how we perceive respect and what we look for in a spectral conversation I'm, I'm sure there are some kind of base things there but we're very this is why humans are so wonderful but at the same time so challenging and I, yeah. I, I very much agree with you what, you, uh, what you're saying reminded me of that wonderful quote about uh, strong opinions held loosely mm. and I think that's so important yes yes low uh, ego no, no ego yeah hold, have your strong opinion yes. but just be afraid to change it or let it go there was a gentleman I think there's a guy called David Weinberger and I think he wrote a book called The Clue Train Manifesto or something I'm not sure but in the one. book he says that yeah, the mark of a truly great conversation is that when you come out with your mind having been changed and if you're not willing to go into a conversation with the willingness to accept that your mind is going to be changed then it's not a, it's not a valuable conversation yes Yes. You may be cool, you might just be sharing information, but if you're not willing to change a little bit, then there's no growth from what you were saying about the being outside our comfort zone. It's that, so you, what you said just sparked off loads of stuff in my head. So apologies, but there was a gentleman from my professional coaching education. Mm-hmm. There was a big thing around saying I'm uh, challenge and support. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, if you can provide the, the challenge and the support, then you get growth. But if you get a challenge without the support, you just get burnout. Mm-hmm. If you've got support about a challenge, then no one ever goes forward. Yes. And it's finding how can we have equitable teams that there is that challenge and support or the support and challenge, whichever way around we'd like to put it. I think that's incredibly important for our growth. Yeah. And I think it's part of having this, it's, it all comes together, like having the vision and the strategy and this like bigger goal. So we're all, that's what we're all driving towards as a group. So it's not about person A versus person B. It's about what do we want to do as a group? And there's so much power in community. There's so much power in people coming together with a common purpose. And it doesn't mean that we're happy families all the time either. So I'm not talking about we're like the Brady Bunch and we're always happy all the time. No, like any normal functioning community or group, there are going to be times there's going to be tension. But if we keep going through this, we're in the comfort zone and then we're in the fear zone because we're a bit worried about what's going on around us. But then now we learn, right? We're having this descent. We're trying to figure out like what's the best way forward. And then we go into growth. And that's the thing. It's just about how can we, instead of getting stuck in this disagreement and stuck in the dissent, and then we move forward. And the quick point I want to make is what you said about respect is it does differ from person to person. 
But it's also opening the door to say, I did not feel that was respectful. What did you mean by that? And then the other person will be like, gosh, that's not what I meant at all. And then that opens the door for growth, right? Then you say, oh, okay. So then you don't have to have your defenses up. That person just maybe from a cultural communication perspective just didn't realize it. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank for you sharing very this. much. It's been so Thank nice. You. So Thank I, you. I could absolutely delve into all manner of little nooks and crannies in relation yes. to this. And I'm really sad I didn't get to see your talk, but lots of people did. And I'm guessing Thank it'll you. be on the productized uh, YouTube channel at some point after the conference anyway, so we can catch yes. it on there if we need to. If people do want to find out more about you or connect with you on any of these topics, yes. what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, so the best way is LinkedIn. So my name is Chiedza Muguti. I am on X, formerly known as Twitter, but I don't like... I don't know. What do you call it now? Xing? Is yeah, it tweeting? I, I, don't I don't really know. know what it's called. It's dead, it's dead to me. Yeah. Chiazza JM. Yeah. And I think I'm also on Instagram. Chiazza JM. Yeah. Okay, but sweet. Well, not well, a big poster, but I'm there. But you're there. I'm there. So you exist. I'm there scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> doom scrolling. I love the phrase doom scrolling. But we'll put your LinkedIn information into the show notes. Yes, that would be the best. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. you both so much. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back again soon. Yes, thank you. <laughs>